Olga Alexapoulou, um, you're my artist girl crush. <laughs> Our story calls our love for the color blue, sea, friendship, and the woman empowerment, which in the future, hopefully, we'll be talking about. But today, uh, it's the story of this very humble and creative interdisciplinary painter, street artist that invented the new color pigment, quantum blue, And uh, before coming to that subject of your color, can we start with your journey from Athens to London that ended up uh, for the moment uh, in Istanbul? Yes, and first of all, I'd like to say thank you for inviting me to your show. I'm very happy to be here. Um, so my story, yeah, it starts in Athens. That's where I was born, I grew up. And then I went to um, England to study. I studied history of art with a bit of art. Uh, and that's like part of my degree in, um, in England was doing the history of pigments. So we actually did the pigments from the cave paintings where the pigments were grind down uh, all the way to the Renaissance, uh, the egg tempera, the whole thing. We had to make all the pigments and um, look at them under the microscope. So that was something that I found inspiring. And then I did my master's at Oxford where I was just doing art, just my painting. Um, after that, I worked for a few years in, um, in London. Uh, and then I came to Istanbul as a holiday and just absolutely fell in love with the city and was like, well, I need to live here. <laughs> so I moved here and I've been here ever since. So. I have my home here, I have my studio here, and um, I just, um, I have exhibitions all around the world, but my basis is here. You have uh, work that appeared in walls, museums, and galleries all around the world. And um, you are one of the 50 female street artists that was published in London and Paris. I'm a fan of street art uh, because I find street art as the most democratic uh, way of um, expressing art that reaches to uh, many communities and gives the message right away. Also, you're all award-winning. You, you were invited to lots of award-winning festivals like Sweden. Also, you were the guest at the, the Greek Global Graffiti Festival. Also, can you talk about street art, how it's progressing right now in Turkey or all around the world? Yeah, um, I would like to, first of all, agree with you that it's definitely the most democratic art. I mean, I've very often seen the case where people feel um, very inhibited if they see the same, the same image inside the gallery to express their opinion. Whereas if they see the same image outside in a wall, They will have an opinion, they will express it, they will say love or hate or take, your, take a picture of it, put it on their desktops, share it. Whereas in the gallery, uh, because there is this clinical environment of white walls and people are supposed to behave a certain way, uh, people are very inhibited. And for the same image, they will say something like, oh, I don't know about art, the, I like it, or but I, I don't know what about, you know, I can't express my opinion. So yes, it's absolutely the most democratic art. Um, my involvement with, with street art started, uh, um, well, I was doing a few things in high school, but they were awful cartoonish stuff about the protection of the environment. But anyways, then I focused more on my painting and then 
um, I guess it was like about a decade ago or more, that probably more, yeah, uh, where I was, uh, I started doing bigger murals. And um, that, that was a fascinating journey because um, with the murals, you get invited to all kinds of places around the world. Um, so I traveled a bit with, with street art and also met lots of people and it was fascinating to, to see where that was going. Um, I would say maybe there was a, like, um, I mean, of course, there was a peak of street art in the 80s, I would say, and then it got a bit forgotten. And then about 10 years ago, maybe it was rising again. I think possibly a lot of the cities got a little bit oversaturated uh, with street art, maybe a few years ago. Um, and we've seen a little bit of a decline now. Um, also, in a, also, politics has a lot to do with it and there's different restrictions in different countries. Um, I can tell you the example of Athens, for example, when Athens went into the crisis, um, a lot of the galleries closed down, a lot of the opportunities for the artists were simply gone in one minute. So the artists took to the streets. So Athens became a living museum of, of street art, but because it was in combination with the crisis, where the buildings were being left run down, there was no money to fix them, so the whole city was in decline, plus not just street art, but also a lot of tagging and just people coming in and writing slow, you know, the people going into on an ancient Greek column and writing, you know, Paul was here or their favorite football team. So I think it got a little bit oversaturated and then it kind of turned the public a little bit against it. Not mm -hmm. against street art as in, you know, there's very, it's very easy to see an, an artist motive. Um, when an artist is doing street art, there's a very clear motive to make something that's either beautiful or, or creates attention or, you know, raises an issue. When someone writes their favorite football team on an ancient Greek column, it's a completely different motive. And I think in Athens, people kind of confused everything um, and kind of, you know, got a little bit saturated with street art. However, it, it went out of control, as I understand. Because I think it did a little bit and then people just it was just everywhere. And then people got a little bit too, too much. And now I think it's people are still asking from of work from street artists, but it will be very specific, like come and do this wall, you know, or come and do that wall. It's not this like overarching thing across all of the I, I believe in collaboration. You have one collaboration with University of Michigan, watched your documentary about it, and it looks very amazing, uh, where um, you get together with students, as I understand. In Michigan, it was, um, yeah, what happened was, uh, it, they had a lovely uh, program where they were inviting street artists from all around the world, and each one was doing a mural. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went there and did a mural that was inspired a little bit with bringing the, uh, uh, a town nearby Detroit that was in decline and Athens being in decline the, uh, because of the crisis. And I was bringing the two, the two images together. Um, and then we had, a, we had a, every artist had to do a talk. Uh, but the, for example, the Iranian artist that was invited, whose name I forget at the moment, um, he wasn't he wasn't allowed to come to the states because of visas and other problems. But there was a professor that was talking to us about his work, 
And she was saying that how difficult it is actually in places like Iran to, to do street art and how the, you know, everything has to be judged from the morality police and all that stuff. And how a lot of the artists are actually making these metaphorical landscapes because it might look like a pretty landscape, but it will have like a political message inside. As I was searching about uh, the street artists, uh, the amount of female street artists when compared to male artists are very low. What do you think about that subject? Yeah, so I, I would say that generally it's fewer, but we have to examine it um, depending on the country. For example, in Greece, I would say women are completely free to go out in public and do whatever they want. The, I would say the if if a woman artist, female artist wants to go out in Greece, she can. There's no prohibition. However, that's not the case for all the countries. You know, there's countries where a woman can't even walk down the street by herself. So it's a lot more difficult. And the harassment that she would get in certain countries is not the same. So for example, in I would say that in Europe or America, let's say you see a lot more street artists than in other places, um, which also makes their work, you know, for example, there is one female artist in Afghanistan that makes her work incredibly brave. I saw you know? Yeah. Um, or like there's a few st female street artists in Egypt that are also very brave because they face pr proper harassment when they're out. Um, so it's it's the, every every country is different depending and it's a, it's a mirror of course of what's happening politically in the in the country to how free the street artists are the female ones to go out and paint. Also, you were saying the decline of street art in, in the latest years. I wonder if it's uh, about the security of the cities with the cameras in general. Plus, uh, of course, right now with the pandemic, I think it should be also hard for the street artists because lots of lockdowns have been implemented in many countries, many cities. Yeah, exactly. I think definitely a combination of the two, definitely. And um, I mean, also, it could also be like a part of a phase, you know, sometimes things go into they become fashionable and then because like a few years ago there were all these like um lists and you know whereas we don't see that that much lately um this rank people were and also perhaps i mean so far street art has been going up and down and it depends i mean where we start the history of graffiti because actually graffiti is actually very old so we can see it i mean we can even see cave painting is a type of graffiti oh, you know true. so i mean then we have murals uh, you know they go in and out of in and out of it goes as a fashion it goes in and out of of decline and popularity throughout the ages um so you know it can be, in 10 years from now people might go crazy again you know and also actually the uh, i i have I, it just came up to my mind two weeks ago on abc uh there was it was in the news two dozens of um, tra um subway trains were they were turned into this unbelievable graffiti pieces of course they were talking about uh, vandalism and uh how it destroyed I mean, from my perspective, I love New York subways and there's also a documentary about it. I go crazy, yeah. about, you know, I, I, I can just stop. For me, okay, it seemed like a very nice art project, but yeah. at the same time, I cannot stop 
um, growing empathy against the security guy. I mean, of course, like the separation of the crowd. As I said, it two of the, I mean, those trains looked awesome from my sense. And it, it's full of graffiti from up and down everywhere, everywhere. And they don't understand how they did it, of course. You know, there's lots of danger involved in it too. And um, I think yeah. you're one of the calmest and coolest street artists <laughs> at the same time, because I have seen you again uh, on the short video clips. Uh, I saw the one that you do, did for the university and uh, you stand out in terms of the colors you use. They look simple, but the message you give is so powerful. I like if I have to, when it comes to street art, I use black and white because um, I find that in the urban environment, there's so many colors, billboards, lights, all these kinds of things. And the only way to uh, like create a niche for myself is if I do something in black and white, which is very stark and it's complete in opposition to my paintings are a lot, a lot of blue happening in my painting. But yeah, for the street art is, yeah, it's usually just black and white. <laughs> I, I love it. And um, <laughs> speaking of colors now, let's come to your inspirations. First of all, uh, I think slowly, slowly we can start talking about quantum blue. Uh, firstly, you're coming from a, one of the most beautiful countries of the world. <laughs> I think the blue in your country, in Greece, reflects in a different tone. It's so deep and rich. The sea is so unbelievably uh, blue. And I wonder if it has an inspiration that propelled you in the search for color quantum blue, or was it some kind of historical sense that you were in the search for the pigment and the historical pigment that led you? So I, I think I was definitely probably the starting point is Greece because um, in Greece we have a special relationship with the sea so we're always looking at the sea we're always getting inspired by the sea and my work had a lot to do with the color blue for many years I was doing a lot with Prussian blue which is a, a blue pigment that was invented by an alchemist uh, a few centuries ago then I was um, investigating cobalt blue and I went to China uh, where they, where porcelain was invented to study cobalt blue on porcelain, how it's painted on porcelain. And a very easy example to think about cobalt blue is the Ming vases, the white vases with the blue usually flowers on them, that's cobalt blue. And then um, I heard about the, these um, nanocrystals called quantum dots and, and their amazing optical qualities. And I thought it was crazy that they hadn't been used. They were invented like 40 years ago, but they hadn't been used in art. Um, so that's when I created this uh, idea and went to uh, uh, applied to Paul Alivizatos, who is an international expert um, on quantum dots. And I was very lucky that he accepted my project at Berkeley um, Lab in California. And I went there to create Quantum Blue which itself is inspired by the well the color of the sea in the sky in the sense that it's inspired it's quantum blue conveys the blue hour now what is the blue hour the blue hour is just after sunset when the sky becomes this very intense blue if you notice it's just after sunset for about 20 minutes the sky becomes almost fluorescent blue I mean, that's for many reasons, because our eyes, for our eyes, it's very difficult to see blue. Uh, our eyes 
can only see, I mean, even if you think of, of the most intense blue that you can think of, actually our human eyes can only see 3%, about 3% of that intensity. So in real life, blue is way more intense than what we can see, but still just this 3% is enough to make us super passionate about blue. I mean, across most cultures, uh, all the surveys that I've read, the blue comes out as a favorite color. If you ask most people, blue is their favorite color, which is bizarre because it's, it's so difficult for our eyes to see it, and yet it intrigues us. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's why I wanted to convey the blue hour, because it's also like a time of the day when our eyes, they pass from our main vision to our peripheral vision. So that diminishing light makes this illusion that the sky is brighter, more intense than it is. So it, the, 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 the sky at the, during the blue hour becomes also almost this fluorescent blue. So that's what I wanted to convey with, uh, with quantum blue. And have you used it in your latest art? I've used it a bit because we've, we're still, I've made one painting and some trials, but we're still developing it. And I'm hoping that, well, after coronavirus passes and after we finish all the experiments, it will be ready to be for mass production at least a year from now, at least, uh, maybe more, we'll see, hopefully not that long, but yeah. Um, so when I did the first painting with quantum blue, it was a, a, a scene of, from a beach in, from a Greek island because it's a, it's a scene that I, because it's from an island that I used to go every summer when I was a kid. And I remember that the blue hour, as it was reflected in the sea from that particular angle, it was particularly intense. So I wanted to convey, use that, that sea, that scenery to convey the blue hour with quantum blue. So that was the, the first painting with quantum blue that I did. <laughs> and then it was, um, quantum blue was exhibited in Tokyo and then it was, um, exhibited in um, in Athens in a museum and then we had coronavirus <laughs> that's it it always intrigues me when the artists talk about their childhood <laughs> now also yeah. you have that um, childhood reminiscence going back to your childhood days you know I, I'm gonna yeah. um, do some other interviews uh, another close friend of mine she lives in New York and all her art is about her childhood memories as well. It's 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 interesting. It's nice. In I way. Think probably it's a time where where we don't put any inhibition on our imagination. You know, kids just play and play and play with their imagination. And, and the world is such a place to um, search and understand. It, it it's always inspiring to look at the nature or, you know, that that those childhood yeah. years are like blank pages. You start putting everything on top of it in terms of colors and as you said imagination and mm. I guess after a certain age you you want to go back to those years in a way they keep coming back at you yeah it's true so <laughs> any more projects coming up well I mean I have my solo show in Istanbul but uh, at the Istanbul concert gallery but we haven't, I mean, we keep postponing the date because of the coronavirus measures. So when that situation is finished, I will have a, a solo show in Istanbul. But when it's going to be, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> again, again, as the topic comes to this, uh, the pandemic has affected um, artists, art galleries. And um, okay, 
some of the artists were uh, able to go to online platforms. And of course, um, generally, they were able to connect with the people whom already in, in the knowledge of their art. And the performance artists got unbelievably affected as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, some of the auction companies that amazing jobs. <laughs> so there are different news coming from everywhere. And then the other ones, of course, suffering big time, aspiring artists, you know, uh, they probably uh, don't have the option of uh, getting together exhibitions, as you say, or probably some of the artists have find immense time, you know, because uh, all of prices in, in the world also led to other openings, you know, probably many people are working on, on uh, subjects too. And uh, what are your thoughts about this period of time? Well, what I think the, um, I, I think artists who didn't have children probably had a very different experience because uh, they had lots of time. And, you know, I mean, if you talk to, to my friends who are artists, where they were like, you know, starting their day and learning new languages and new skills. And, you know, I'm on Zoom to a school. So, so it's a very different. I think I finished three schools right now, but I have to at the same time too. Like, like after seven, eight, you know, I get a chance to get my computer. I finished from everything from permaculture to again, like yogic philosophy, everything is like, yes, sorry. Yeah, exactly. So everybody had a different, different uh, experience. Um, I would say one good thing is that because people spend a lot of time in their homes, there's definitely an interest in art because people want to make their homes a bit prettier, you know, people that didn't spend time at home now, like, oh, actually, I want my, that wall to look prettier, so they, they're nice or whatever, and they, they get more art. On the bad side, though, is that I read that one in eight museums is going to close down in Europe. Uh, because of they don't have any funds, you know, and, and some of them can't, because of internal regulations, they can't even sell parts of their collection to survive. So I think we're going to see a lot of, and a lot of the galleries I know are struggling. The, um, it's, it's difficult for the small museums and the small galleries. I think it's, this has been a very, very tough year. And I don't know how it's going to look at the end of it, whether we're just going to have the very big museums and the very big international galleries. And what's actually going to happen to the, the small galleries and the small museums? So, so again, it's a message from out here that, uh, you know, there's this movement support local businesses. So please uh, go and support your local artists, galleries and the museums as much as you can. My dear uh, Olga, um, Efkaristopoli. <laughs> I was so excited, even though you're one of the most humble artists. And I'm really thankful for our friend Dina, who introduced uh, yeah. us to uh, each other. Uh, I love your culture. I love your art. Thank you for this uh, interview. Uh, hope to see you more. I hope to see yes. you. Your thank you for inviting art. me and thank you for for being you and being the wonderful you <laughs> i'm <laughs> very <the> grateful <laughs> <laughs> and uh hope to see you soon yes exactly once again thank you and uh have an amazing day you too bye 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 <laughs> bye, -bye.